It is the 26th day of May, 2022. It's a Thursday, the 6th day of May. Oh, boy. This is going to be a long episode. Just kind of putting that out there right from the jump. Feel lousy, but here I am. Putting out crap. Oh, man. Anyways, as I've mentioned on the show the past few weeks, I'm uh, looking for a job again and going through the usual motions of the interview process. Last week, I had a, a phone call, introductory phone interview with an ISP that was looking for an account manager. Okay, cool. No problem. As we begin what is scheduled to be a 30-minute call, it's about five minutes in, and the uh, the recruiter starts telling me about the uh, the position. And it turns out, not only would would this uh, this person be managing accounts, but it was also a, uh, a bit of marketing, uh, some outside sales, and then an odd one was uh, municipal outreach, which I thought was kind of weird. But okay, whatever. Still seems, at the very least, somewhat interesting. So I asked, you know, about the the job description and how none of that was included. But I asked if the compensation changed based on all that this other work, aside from just managing accounts. And I was told, quote, well, those activities are part of the job, end quote. To which I said, great. But none of that was in the job description, end quote. At that point, there was silence on the other end, on the other end of the phone. And then I get this, which was one of the more interesting lines I have ever been fed in the uh, my, my vast working career. Quote, so we're looking to fill this role by next week. I want to know if you're 110% interested, end quote. I was a bit sort of taken aback by that because at this point, it would it was about 10 minutes into the call. And the role that I had applied for was different than what I was being told. So I said, well, I mean, I could be, but I'd need to know more about what's involved aside from what I've been told during this 10-minute call. And then the second craziest line I've ever been fed, quote, well, we already have candidates that are 110% interested, so I think we have to move on, end quote. I mean, I was, I was taken aback on one hand. On, on the other hand, kind of relieved because I didn't really want to deal with it anymore, but it was just very strange. Now, look, I'm not the perfect candidate for anything, if I'm being honest. I suck at jobs. But if I'm still being honest, I don't understand, especially now, how some companies just seem to cast a wide net and then hope that something sticks without giving it a whole lot of thought. It is such a lazy way uh, to hire. And it says so very little about your company if you're willing to just take anybody that says yes. And look, a job like this one would be fine, but really only as a means to network and trying to find the next job. 
I'm just fucking, I'm too old for that. And again, I suck at jobs. So what the fuck? I'm getting to a weird point where, you know, I'm at a really good interview today with somebody, but, you know, I, I just, I just know, I can already see what's coming uh, down the line. It's with a, with a, a company that I don't have any experience in the industry. So I'm very curious to, because I've run into this before in this particular industry. And so I'm very curious to see how this goes. Even though the, the recruiter call was excellent, she saw, thought it was great, yada, 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 blah, 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 whatever. I just suck at jobs. It's not good at it. Anywho, uh, movie trailer reviews, voicemails, no guess, and too much serious shit. On episode number 119. That's all right here, right now. All complaints and observations. Still, the most less than average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room. When he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. You're goddamn right, Aaron Rodgers. He is a bum. He's a bum. Uh, what's going on? How are you? How's things going? Everything okay? Yeah, sure. All right. Good talk. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm feeling lousy. It is what it is. What can you do? Had an excellent weekend, fun weekend. Was out on the Cape Cod for a wedding. Uh, two just dear friends of mine. Uh, it was a blast seeing a bunch of people that I haven't seen for a while. Um, just fun. Fun weekend. Played a little golf on Friday. Good stuff. And I played well. Well, for the most part, I played like like putting machine on Friday. Man, nailing putts. It was ridiculous how good I was putting on Friday. It really was. And then I played Monday. It was probably the worst nine holes of golf I've ever played in my life. So there's that. But uh, since we last spoke, the uh, the Bruins have uh, lost... Which is sort of expected in in a in a way, so their season is over. The career of uh, Patrice Bergeron, Bergeron. I wonder if that's how it's pronounced in Quebec. Bergeron. I can't do it, even though I'm French Canadian. Bergeron. Bergeron. I don't know. Uh, he's probably going to retire, and and quite frankly, I hope he does because. 
it's not that he's super old in hockey terms. Like he's only 37, 36, 37. But yeah, it's uh, there's a lot like, you know, like between his ears and a number of other uh, various injuries that have uh, been problematic over the years. So uh, the Celtics Wednesday night play game five in Miami where they should very well uh, take a 3-2 lead and then close it out in Boston on Friday. No excuse. Better team. Make it happen. Get to the finals. Make it close. And you, you look, Golden State's a fucking wagon. They're just too fucking good. But the Celtics have had their number in the past, so... We'll see. It, it, it's interesting. At the very least, I hope they make it a series. If they don't, I mean, do they have a chance to win? Absolutely. Do I think they will? Eh, I'm not sure. If they play Golden State, I think Golden State wins in six or seven. But it's entirely possible that Celtics go out, play very well, win a championship. It would shock the shit out of me, I'll tell you that, because coming into this season... That was not a. It, uh, it's not what I was thinking. Come the new year, it's not what I was thinking. Come the start of the playoffs. All right. If they're healthy, they sure as shit can do it. But they haven't been healthy. They're still not healthy. So curious to see how it plays out. Um, <clears throat> West Ham United. Their season has ended. And ended in disappointing fashion. Where again we lose to Brighton. Because for some weird fucking reason, we just can't beat Brighton. And Brighton is not that great. But whatever. So big offseason for West Ham. Need to bring in more players. Need to make some fucking moves. Need to get better. Need to get bigger. The squad needs to be bigger. Handful of youth players ready to step up. And participate. So we'll see how it goes. Season starts early. I think it starts first week of August. Because of the bullshit World Cup that is in fucking November. In Qatar. Don't even get me started on that crap. I'll get to it later. As we get closer. Um... <clears throat> Wedding observations. Now, younger crowd, okay? So we're sitting at the church. It was a full church wedding ceremony, you should say. <coughs> Group of kids, couple rows in front. Couple pews in front. One brought a Gatorade into the church, and another girl brought a bottle of water into the church. And it's like, what, what the, where the fuck do you think you are? Where do you think you are, young man? You got so fucked up the night before the wedding that you have to show up to the church with Gatorade because you're so fucking hungover. What are you doing, buddy? And that, look, I'm not a big church guy. It's not even so much that he's desecrating the church or anything like that. I don't give a fuck about that crap, but just, you know, 
Act like an adult, for Christ's sakes. Leave the goddamn thing in the car. It's not going to make any goddamn difference. If you have your Gatorade inside the church. And he looks fucking stupid. He's sitting there in his pew drinking Gatorade. He's like, what are you doing? Fucking idiot. <clears throat> um, I went to use the bathroom. And it was like a, you know, one of those, like a restroom trailer thing. By the way, this episode stinks. So I just kind of <laughs> forewarning you. Not, I mean, who knows? We'll see. This, the voicemail should be good, but whatever. Um, guy comes out and he holds the door and says, "Quote, all yours, boss." End quote. Ugh. Being called boss, like when you're not the boss. Like, I jokingly have called managers and whatnot boss for a number of years, just because it's stupid and funny. But I would never say that to someone holding the door of a bathroom. It's all yours, boss. The fuck does it? What are you doing? Ugh, gross. Um, what else? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's more to talk about for sure, so. Of course, it wouldn't be, um, you know, a normal day in America if somebody hadn't uh, gone off and killed a bunch of people. And in this particular instance, it's yet another school shooting. And look, I'll never... I'll never, ever pretend to know the answers when it comes to shit like this. But I do know that we are the only country on earth that even has to think about this shit. 19 kids, 21 people. The kids were, what, like uh, 11 and under, something like that. And they're all dead. Killed by, you know, another kid. For reasons, you know, that we've been told he was bullied and this, that, and the other. And it's, you know, and it's probably true, but not every kid that's bullied goes into an elementary school and shoots 20 people. There's probably a little bit more to it than that. And the fact that he could just walk in and buy a gun, not just a gun, but a high-powered rifle, for no other reason than to assassinate 20 people, 21 people, sorry. But, you know, we get a bunch of uh, thoughts, prayers, and Bible verses on on Twitter from a variety of different lawmakers. Even the ones that, you know, take shit tons of money from the NRA. And, and look, I, 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 I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, take away all the guns and this, that, and the other. One, because it's not feasible. It's impossible. And two, because the the misguided Second Amendment says that you can have them. Though it was not created for its current purpose. It's bastardized. But where's the line? What does it actually take for, for something to change? 
It wasn't Sandy Hook, which was 10 years ago. And, and since then, nothing has changed. The minute we let that go was the minute that we all submitted to the fact that nothing is going to change. The right likes to pretend to be pro-life and then votes to ensure that kids can't get formula. And then, uh, you know, votes against any sort of measure of gun control to increase the likelihood that they'll get shot at school. I am past the point of believing that the country will change, at least in my lifetime. And honestly, perhaps, maybe there's something a bit liberating in, in feeling that way, in that lack of expectations. I don't know. And even if there is, it brings, doesn't make me feel any better. We are irrevocably broken. There is no, I said this earlier, there's no other place on earth that has to deal with this. None. 26 school shootings just this year. And the year isn't even half over. And because everything is so politicized, you hear all the bullshit about protecting kids. It's all protecting kids. Parents yelling at school board meetings about uh, gender and, and homosexuality, CRT and all this shit. But they don't seem to give a fuck about you know somebody coming into the classroom and spraying the room with bullets. And, and literally destroying these kids to the point where the parents have to come in and give DNA samples to match up the remains uh, with the parent. How is How does that make any sense? So you can yell and scream about your kid having to wear a mask in school, but, you know, when they have to do active shooter drills and all this other bullshit, that's not a problem? What? And it seems that some of the solutions are to arm the teachers. There are so many parents that can't seem to trust teachers with teaching, yet they're okay with Extensive weapons training and firearms. It seems the only thing that's protected in this country these days is the right to fucking hate anything, everything, anyone, everyone. Because it sure as fuck isn't kids. And please, spare me the, uh, the abortion side of it as well. The right loves to come up with these things about how you know women are just showing up to uh, to abortion clinics with you know close to full term babies, just ripping them out and throwing them in the garbage when that does not happen. Has it happened? Maybe. 
In fact, probably. Most abortions are in the first three weeks. It's not even a fully formed, uh, you know, it's just, it's just cells. It's a, it's a, it's a goop. It's, it's you have to put it in fucking uh, slide to see it. So don't give me that argument either. Irrevocably broken. And it's a fucking shame. And it's... It's not a fixable problem. And you can have both sides screaming about, you know, this, that, and the other. Yet on Friday, there's an NRA convention right down the street from where this fucking thing happened. You know, and these idiots are going to, you know, talk about how great guns are. Like, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's just painfully clueless. All of it. Absolutely thrilled. That's probably the uh, shitty way to start the next segment after what I just did. So my apologies. I should have taken it down a notch. But I am indeed thrilled for the return of movie trailer reviews. Uh, I got a bunch of movies, well, three movies, from AP Dave yesterday, and I'm very excited to share these with you. I have watched all three trailers, and I will give you my review of the trailer. Number one, Senior Year, Netflix film that just came out. From Dave, quote, I only watched this movie because someone at work said it ruined her weekend. And I thought it couldn't be that bad. Dot, dot, dot. Well, dot, dot, dot. It was that bad. It ruined my night. I turned it off after an hour, and I'll never go back. The story is interesting, which is why I wanted to watch. Popular cheerleader goes into a coma her senior year, wakes up 20 years later, and wants to finish said senior year. Only now, she's a huge loser. I think it's a funny story. Horrible choices everywhere. It wasn't funny. It wasn't smart. It was just terrible all around. Serious question. Does anyone like Rebel Wilson? I'm not ashamed to admit that I like the Pitch Perfect movies, but she's the worst one in them. I give this movie a 2 out of 10 yearbooks, and I give Rebel Wilson a 1 out of 10 trash cans, parentheses, just complete trash. Closed parentheses, end quote. Wow. Clearly Dave does not like the movie, and clearly Dave does not like Rebel Wilson. Very interesting. Uh, so I went and watched the trailer, and I think Dave is onto something with the, you know, it looks like an interesting uh, film. The premise is interesting. And, you know, they've, I wish I could give you like an example of something of a movie that, you know, did this previously, but I, I can't. 
My apologies. <clears throat> but the trailer itself is not terrible. Uh, you know, Dave goes into it and says what it is where, you know, and then she is a complete loser, but she wants to finish her school, wants to finish her cheerleading and, and senior year and all this other shit. And then, you know, my guess is that she like befriends uh, like teachers or staff or whatever, because she's 20 years older than all the kids. So that's my guess. I could be wrong, but I don't know. Um, does anyone like Rebel Wilson? I don't really know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of what she's been in that I've seen. Uh, Bridesmaids, she was pretty good in that. Jojo Rabbit, she was pretty good in that. Um, what else? I'm like going through her IMDb and trying to see if there's anything that I liked that she was in. Meh. That's about it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I don't know. I don't really have a particular problem with her. I think she is what she is. And I think it's, you know, I, I think it's part of the problem with like female uh, actresses and comedians that you have to be over the top for people to to take you seriously or to like you. <coughs> that's just how it is. You have to be more, I guess. I don't know. Um, I give the trailer itself a 5 out of 10. Just because, again, I thought the trailer was fine. Um, it would make me, if I were a normal movie-watching movie person, it would make me watch the film. Now, having read Dave's review, I'm definitely not going to watch the film. But, um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, review number two, Morbius. Also, 2022. Dave says, quote, I've wanted to see this movie for a long time. Always liked the character from the Spider-Man days and thought Jared Leto was a great choice. I had high expectations at first and then low expectations because the reviews were pretty dreadful. The movie was cool? I guess. Started pretty strong and interesting, but then just didn't go anywhere. The real villain was dumb. The CGI effects were horrible. And I think I have to say this, but probably the worst Marvel movie ever made. Whew. There just really wasn't anything there. A pretty empty movie. Still much better than senior year. Haha. I give this movie 4 out of 10 blood cells. End quote. The reviews for this thing were terrible. Dave was spot on. And, like, the trailer was, uh, you know, kind of what he said. I couldn't really figure out what the premise... I mean, I know the premise because I know the character, so I, I understand it to a point. But someone going in not knowing what was going on, you know, it, it's it's odd. What they really should have done was with, with this was was make it... You know, do a Blade reboot and put Morbius in it because that's that's like the comic tie-in there. Blade, Morbius, whatever. 
even uh, which I totally forgot until I went on to Wikipedia, is that Morbius was uh, chummy with Ghost Rider back in the day, back in the comic book days. I got off track. Anyways, the trailer's just meh. So, I mean, I'm going to give it the same score that Dave gave the movie, 4 out of 10, because it's just meh. Uh, you know, you see, you don't really know what his deal is based on the trailer. You're not going to figure out, okay, is he the bad guy? Is he the good guy? You kind of see that in the beginning, and then he changes, and he's killing people, and this, that, and the other. So you don't really know. You have no clue. Makes for a bad trailer. Uh, review number three. Chippendale Rescue Rangers 2022. <clears throat> Sorry for the sniffle. Uh, Dave said, quote, Now this was an unexpected, really good movie. I obviously remember Chippendale from back in the day, but don't think I was ever into the show. Uh, or was it a movie? Put it this way, I know nothing about these two chipmunks. More of an Alvin slash Simon kind of guy. Do you not like uh, Theodore because he was fat, Dave? Is that it? Fucking, that's bullshit. Anyway, uh, Andy Sandberg and John Mulaney voice Chip and Dale. And from the first five minutes in the film can tell it's going to be pretty funny. Their voice work in the movie is stellar. And I think adults would actually enjoy this movie more than kids. There's a ton of nostalgia in it. I was really expecting the movie to stink and only watched it because I like Sandberg and Mulaney. I give this movie 8 out of 10 acorns, end quote. Now, the trailer is awesome. The trailer itself gets a solid, I would say, 8.5 out of 10. I would like to see this film for a couple of reasons. One, the trailer is excellent. It looks really good. It looks funny. I could probably get into it. Two, I, unlike Dave, uh, massive Chippendale Rescue Rangers fan. Just a fantastic cartoon. Loved it. All in on that. So curious to see where their lives have progressed over time. Apparently one sells insurance <laughs> and one is on the Comic-Con scene from uh, what you can tell in the trailer. So and apparently from what I've read... There's a ton of uh, weird cameos in this. Um, apparently, Randy Marsh like shows up at some point in this thing, so I'm kind of curious to see how this plays. Um, but it looks funny. Eight and a half out of ten. I am going to... Uh, I say this... You know what? Every single time I do one of these things, and there's a movie where the trailer looks good, and I say, I'm going to watch this, and I don't. So I'm going to say I'm going to watch this one, but I probably won't. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Chip and Dale. Rescue Rangers. I mean, that makes me wonder, is, is the original theme song in the fucking movie? Because the theme song was banging. It was awesome. And if it's not, that's a missed opportunity. We'll see. Couple of voicemails this week. 
617-657-4736. I beg every week uh, for people to call. Uh, thankfully, there are people like Donnie, good old Donnie Washburn, who, for whatever reason, is a legitimate fan of this program. <laughs> he is a fucking uh, A number one dude. So uh, here's a phone call from Donnie. Check it out. Hey, Dave. Uh, Donnie calling in. I uh, wanted to throw a couple of observations by you related to the Bruins. Uh, first one, I think that, um, you know, I think it's ironic that, uh, you know, with age, my alcoholic-related hangovers have gone elongated and worse, while my Bruins hangovers uh, are, you know, much quicker recovery. That's great. I'll take it. But secondly, uh, I think that's related to moving on from the season and thinking about the next one. Um, and wanted to get your take on my uh, personal favorite player, Patrice Bergeron. A couple different options for Mr. Bergeron at the end of the season where uh, he can elect to retire, uh, stay with the Bruins, or move to a different team. Um, wanted to uh, kind of see where, where your head was at uh, in all of those different options. And um, something to consider as an added bonus to the option if uh, Bergeron decides to retire does uh, that mean the Bruins management wants to want to make Brad Marsh on trade option and uh, start to rebuild? Anyways, um, you know, wanted to see what uh, see what you got on that and uh, ta-ta. See you, Dave. Seems I jumped the gun a bit earlier in the show, huh? Whoops. Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you, Donnie. Appreciate that. Uh, yes, uh, same here as the uh, hangovers have gotten worse and longer as time goes on. Uh, the sports-related hangovers do tend to get a bit shorter. Especially when there's not like a huge disappointment. Like when they lost in the finals uh, to St. Louis, that was a dis- that one took a little bit longer to get over just because they had it in the palm of their fucking hands and they, they, they blew it. But... Um, in regards to um, Mr. Bergeron, I do think he's going to retire, and I kind of hope he does. Um, but there's no fucking way he's playing for anybody else. He's not going to go to another team. So if he does stay, I think he... I mean, I don't want to say he's going to take a reduced salary because, I mean, why would you? You know? My guess is that the Bruins have tried to um, offer him a shorter salary, just kind of like what they did with Chara. Although, you know, they said, oh, Chara, you know, here, we'll, we'll pay you this, but you're a part-time player. And then he goes and plays uh, two more seasons at a, you know, reasonable level. So, weird. I don't know. Um, if he does retire, though, I really don't think Marchand's going to get traded because – one, he's the next captain of the team. Like the downside to that is you're you're stuck in the middle. You become a middling franchise. There, you're not unless unless they get incredibly lucky with you know they got a couple kids like Fabian Lazelle who played in juniors this year who's going to be a fucking stud. At least you know. 
that's the that's the general sort of consensus is that he's going to be a fucking stud. So hopefully, if he does make the move this year and is indeed a fucking stud, well then maybe they'll be a little bit better off than just the middling, you know, wild card team that they were this year. The good thing is they're relatively young. If they lose Bergeron, they get rid of Nick Felino, who stinks. Uh, trade Mike Riley, uh, maybe even trade Grizzly. Who knows? But Grizzly just had surgery, so he's not. Nobody's going to trade for a guy who's not going to be ready at the beginning of the season. So you're going to have to try to trade Riley. The idea is to try to clear some space and then see what you can bring in. What I don't want to see happen is for them to, you know, make a wild trade where they're trading a bunch of picks that they don't that they don't really have because they already traded their first round pick this year, so they have no first round pick. Granted, they. They got a uh, a solid 1B defenseman for doing so, so I get it. But there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Quite frankly, I hope Don Sweet. well, it's already been decided that Don Sweetie's going to be the one to do it, but I hope Cassie sticks around because he's a good coach. But I'm not really sure. It's it, They're in such a weird spot where... They're not really good enough to contend, but they're not bad enough to just rebuild because you're gonna try. You're gonna have to re-sign Pasternak, extend him. I should say. I think he's got two years left. I don't know, but they're in a shitty spot, especially if he retires. If he does retire, I think they're still in a shitty spot because they still don't have a second line center. What are they going to do? Try to get David Krejci to come back? I don't think so. He'll be just as old. <clears throat> so then you have another season with a bunch of old guys as your number one, number two center. You, you can't. You have to figure something else out. You really do. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, thank you for the call, Donnie. Appreciate it. Again, 617-657-4736. If you have anything on your mind, I want you to call in. How I don't get more calls blows my mind because it's such a fascinating concept. You have everyone complains about something. Call in, fucking complain. Like this asshole. Hey, Dave, it's Dave. Uh, as I'm talking to you, I'm currently petting a very large dog who reminds me of Hooch from Turner and Hooch. But the reason I'm calling is because of Trevor's story. Um, Trevor's story. He, of four years, $160 million, uh, finally decided to hit against pitchers that could pitch. Um, and everyone has a plum about his, uh, oh, he's so good, he's the best. Except uh, the problem is he stinks. So I'm very intoxicated at the moment, but I just want to let you know he stinks. So that's it. Ta-ta. Of course that asshole was me. Um, Saturday night at that wedding that I was talking about earlier, and no joke, that dog that I was petting was huge. Why I sounded like I was talking like this, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. No clue. Uh, I purposely did not talk about the Red Sox at the beginning of the show because I knew this was coming, even though I totally forgot what it was that I recorded. 
what I called in about. I totally botched uh, the contract numbers. It's actually six years, 140. So not nearly as bad, but still bad. So here's my problem, okay? It's not really with him, with Trevor Story, per se. Okay? It's the it's the impression that he is more than he is. You know what I'm saying? And so if, if you spend any time on Red Sox Twitter, you're, you're seeing it especially now. It's out of control. He had a dynamite week. Dynamite. And he had another home run yesterday. And here's the thing. This is what he's supposed to be doing. It just took him close to two months to get there. And and you hear, oh, we only had 17 spring training at bats, blah, 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 blah. Fuck off. I mean, it's such a poor excuse. It's a stupid excuse. And I don't care for it. And nobody should care for it. He plays for the goddamn Boston Red Sox, okay? Who have more money than just about any team in the league. There, there may be two other teams that might have more, the Dodgers and the Yankees, who both spend a shit ton of money to win. Take a look at the goddamn New York Yankees right now. They're a fucking wagon, an absolute wagon. And here we have the Red Sox, two games under 500 as we get close to June. Oh, but they're only two and a half games out of the wild card. Don't let them into the playoffs because they might do some damage. Is that what we're shooting for now? Is that what Red Sox fans do? Like, they're nine and a half games out of first place in the fucking division. Nine and a half. And they're not better than Toronto. They're not better than the Yankees. They might be on the same level as Tampa. But that it shouldn't be that way. And that's part of my problem. Bloom felt it. It was okay and necessary to give this guy six years 140. When he did like next to nothing for the pitching staff. He signed a bunch of retreads, injured guys, old people. I'm barely older than one of their best pitchers. Fucking Rich Hill should not be like the number two starter for any major league team. But then again, the way pitching works now, it's all about the bullpen. So you have an entirely untrustworthy bullpen. You have no closer. You have a bunch of guys with saves. Like, you're going to get to the postseason and then what? You're going to do the same mixing and matching? It just doesn't, it it does not work that way. The regular season, you can get away with that. When you get to the playoffs, that you need structure. You need consistency. And if you don't have that, you're not going to fucking win anything. Like, the fact that they got to the ALCS last year was a miracle. An absolute miracle. But this team should be... They should be right there with the Yankees. You know, and, and unless he makes unless they make some fucking moves to bring in more pitching at the deadline, they're not gonna they're not they'll make the wild card. Yay. Big fucking deal. The guy doesn't stink, okay? He doesn't stink. Overreacted, but give it more than a week. Let's see how this turns out, okay?
All right, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the program, the end, and three gripes. Gripe number one, loud golfers. The obvious answer here is that a lot of people, uh, when they get shithoused, they simply start yelling. But what about the early morning crews? Are they already fucked up at... 8, 8.30 in the morning. If that's the case, well, then you have a bigger problem. You're a fucking lousy alcoholic. Lousy. <clears throat> but honestly, fucking... Uh, keep it the fuck down, Chad, okay? Nobody gives a fuck about your mediocre chip. It's not that impressive. In fact, it's unnecessary. It doesn't even matter what time of day... There's nothing worse than, you know, you're you're about to make a putt or, you, or you're about to tee off or chip, whatever. You're about to make a shot, a golf shot. And there's a gaggle of, av- gaggle of assholes standing on the green yelling at one another. When you're only like fucking five or six feet from the other person, what are you yelling for? If you get rowdy on a, on a really nice shot, okay... Fine. But, you know, after the hooting and hollering, enough. Just keep the fucking noise down. No one cares. That's one of the things I like about golf is that it's usually quiet. (laughs) Just shut the fuck up and let me shoot. That's why I wish I could play more golf by myself. But it is next to impossible, especially up here. Solo golf. A man can dream, right? <clears throat> That's not to say that I don't like playing with any of you know, the people that I typically play golf with, okay? Don't look into that. That's not what I'm saying. Don't be a fucking prick. I would just like to play golf by myself on occasion. That's all. That's all. Great number two, Lake Mead. If you've never been to the Hoover Dam or, or seen Lake Mead, it really is a sight to behold. An engineering marvel and literally the lifeblood of what is now Metro Las Vegas or the greater Las Vegas area or the GLVA. However, it's drying the fuck up and shit's getting real. Uh, the population of the GLVA is roughly 2.3 million people, and the county estimates that it could get up to around 4 million by 2055. E-gads. 4 million. In other words, they're going to run out of water real fucking fast. It's Lake Mead, Lake Powell. Both man-made reservoirs. They're both drying the fuck up. There's like multiple states that depend on water from the Colorado River and from these two reservoirs. And because they're dry, they're at like 30% capacity and it's dropping constantly. The area is in the midst of a super drought. Like, what the fuck? Never even heard that term before. But apparently, this thing started in tw- in 2000. 
and is expected to continue until 2030. The likes of which have never been seen before in recorded history. What? What? And then if you try to, if you, if you Google like Las Vegas water conservation efforts, boy, what a mishmash of gobbledygook that is. You, your head will start spinning. You know, instead of something like, you know, we're going to, we're going to lower the water pressure in the 80 billion hotel rooms that we have here. You know, it, it's all like uh, sprinkler systems and like uh, snitching on your neighbors if you see them using the hose too often. Like, what the fuck? There should be no actual green grass in Las Vegas. It should all be like desert landscapes. What the fuck do you need grass for? Your fucking backyard should be rocks and astroturf. That's it. But that's the real life, uh, holy shit, they're fucked kind of stuff. On the other side of the coin is that they keep finding bodies in this fucking thing that were dumped anywhere from 40 to 50 years ago. What? They found they found one uh, dead person or skeletal remains in a barrel. Stuck in the mud in Lake Mead, probably filled with concrete. Holy fuck, huh? And and they're saying they're gonna find more. Like they're fully expecting to find more. The other day there was a photo of a boat that sank and then stuck in the mud. The stern was stuck in the mud and it was sticking fucking straight uh bow side up. And which which is like, okay, imagine what kind of shit they're gonna find once the mud starts to dry up. And that and those levels go down. I find the whole thing fascinating. Sure, the city is fucked in the long term, but in the short term, let's find some dead gangsters, huh? Let's do it. Gripe number three. Gripes. Uh, for the most part, this is entirely an exercise in nonsense. There is very little... Uh, seriousness to this program. Very little. Um, I mean, let's be fair. Very little uh, redeeming qualities about this program. I try to make it somewhat interesting slash entertaining. Sometimes it succeeds. Most of the time it fails. But I mean, in the end, it's it's all dumb shit. So. <clears throat> And I, I hate to be this guy that's like, oh, well, you know, after what happened, you need to sort of reassess and be. It's just a matter of perspective, and it's a matter of being cognizant of the world around you. And so um, while the program is about being petty and stupid and whiny, and, and I, I am like that, you know. I don't want to say for the most part because that's wrong, but I've tried to be less and less and less so over time, and I think I've done better. I mean, I'm not there yet. I still complain and whine and I'm still petty about a lot of shit, but I think I've done better. So I guess my general point is let's all sort of take a deep breath 
take a look around, be thankful for what you have. If you have kids, hug them. If your parents are still around, call them up. Say, hey, how are you? Basic shit like that. Because you just never know what's going to happen. And that's all for the program. I am so fucking congested, it's stupid. Uh, please call the show. 617-657-4736. Call the show. What's on your mind? There has to be something. If you listen to this program and you've never called in, what the actual fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? There has to be something. In fact, I'm certain there is. So share with the group. It's not like anybody's going to fucking hear it anyway. If you want to be on the show, um, I thought I would have a guest for this week, but I didn't. I, I might or should have a guest for next week that I'm looking forward to. Fingers crossed. And then hopefully a couple after that. We'll see. Uh, but again, the guests have been great. I hope you've listened to the last two shows where I had two uh, really different people on the show, and that's what I like. I like talking to interesting folks, and there's really not much to it. It's just a matter of getting people to say yes. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, you can go to uh, my Instagram page, at ComplaintsPod. You can go to the Twitter page, at ComplaintsPod, which isn't terrible. I don't think it's terrible. Uh, I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I don't do anything with. I have a Twitch channel that I can't figure out, and I have a TikTok page that I haven't done anything with. Uh, I do have an email address, showmail at complaintsandarmsofhs.com. You can check out my terrible website, complaintsandarmsofhs.com. I do have a blog up there that I try to post every Friday, but I am not good at it. And those blogs are just as bad as the show. So whatever. Uh, but again, 617-657-4736. I will uh, thankfully end the program. And I will thank you for listening as always. I appreciate it. Please tell your moms, tell your friends. Um, I think I've covered everything, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, that's all. So take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.